Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Broads Who Binge. I'm Marissa. And I'm Molly. And this is the show where we talk about TV. Yes, we talk about TV and watching TV and our lives as millennials in quarantine lockdown. Right, right. I feel like as when we, the past couple of years, like millennial was like a thing. But now that Gen Z is in the workplace, it feels like really standard to just be millennials. Like it, it feels very basic. Yeah, exactly. It's not even cool anymore. <laughs> it's definite. Honestly, if you had any question on whether it was cool, just listen to a Gen Z or talk about a millennial. Yeah, it makes you feel really old and humbles you it quickly. It truly does. Like, I've been noticing, I've been saying the word slapped a lot um, on this podcast. And it's you have because been. I lear- yeah, and I learned it from my Gen Z um, staff member. Oh, okay. So I've been trying to, you don't even know, but I was subliminal, subliminally trying to, like, hip us up. Okay, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't really have any interactions with any Gen Zers, so I'm pretty much only exposed to it in my TikTok, like, Yeah, searching. that's where they send me TikToks sometimes, and that's where I, like, learn how to be cool. Yeah, I've also learned how to be cool via TikTok. I don't think it's really worked yet, but I'm I fine. haven't downloaded it yet. I only see TikToks if you send it to me or if my Gen Z coworkers send it to me. Honestly, don't because I spend so much time and I if if like the three people that I'm friends with that actually have accounts like they wake up to like 25 videos in their <laughs> inbox. Like for you it's a little bit more effort cuz it's like I send it as a text so it seems a little bit weird to send like 45 text messages at two in the morning but for some reason when it's in the app it's like not as creepy you know yeah yeah it's like sending instagrams versus totally screenshotting yeah yeah exactly so if you get an account i'm just gonna warn you in advance that you are gonna get a barrage of videos and some of them might be funny and some of them might be not funny (laughs) it seems like an undertaking which is what I've said when every like new social media platform came out and then of course I like was late to the game and joined and loved it but at this point it still feels like a lot to me I haven't been a convert yet yeah that's okay I would say hold out as much as you can it is a big time suck yeah thank you I'll I'll wait it out until it's uh and then when, like, we really ban it, I'll download it as an act of protest. Perfect. I support that <laughs> 100%. <laughs> well, I don't have much to say this week. It was, like, super stressful with work. I feel like all I did was work. But I do have one book recommendation for you. Ooh, okay. Let's hear it. Okay, it's called Lock Every Door. I started reading it last night, and I'm, like, okay. 80 pages in. Ooh. Um, it was on a New York Times bestseller list. Uh, ooh, let me look at what the author's name is. But um, her name is Riley Sager. It's pretty good. It's about this girl who's like suddenly jobless and boyfriendless. And she's invited to be a house sitter at this really historic, famous ho- or apartment building in New York. Um, and they'll pay her to do that. So all of a sudden she has like a place to live plus an income Um, But weird things start happening when she lives there. And then it flashes forward to five days later. She's in the hospital saying she escaped. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, I think you'll like it. It it feels like uh, something you'd really like. Yes, that sounds right up my alley. You know I love a good, like, trashy thriller that is. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I told you, but I made a goal to read 40 books in 2020. I remember that. Yeah. How are and you I have, I have 19 left. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe uh, in you. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say that it's coming up. Yeah. It's crunch time here. You have here, three so weeks need... left. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think I'm going to achieve my goal, but I am going to keep pushing through to the very end. We're going to, we're going to go until 1231. <laughs> and see how it goes anyway it's more than I read last year so whatever but I will definitely add I think it's great to the list that sounds awesome well per my 2020 vision board I think you're not alone in not accomplishing it because this year I planned to travel a lot um do a lot of fun things like 
and obviously that did not happen. Yeah, I think one of my bullet points was be more open to love. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. You have to be more open to love in the time of COVID. And you're going to, that's why you were, you got creative and you started DMing celebrities. I yeah. think you were open. I know, right? Like, I Just not I was... in a classic sense, yeah, like where you're at a, a bar and like open to a chody guy walking up and offering you a drink. Yeah. Speaking of that, like, please. honestly, I had a hilarious moment. So I, oh, ha- well, so I like, I also had a really horrible week at work. It was like one of those weeks where I think I cried every single day <laughs> and it was just like a lot going on. So like at therapy, I just like pretty much broke down and I've like not really cried with my therapist yet. So this was like, I guess this is like a big deal for us. We like we broke yes. through some ground, and so that's I a big moment for you two in your relationship. It is. It was so. It was a big moment this week with my therapist. I feel like we, you know, we bonded a little bit more. Um, and we, it was like there was like two minutes left, and she was like, "I don't want to just change the subject, but um, I am really curious. Did you make any progress with the guys you've been DMing on Instagram?" <laughs> <laughs> And it was literally, I started laughing so hard because I was like, only this would be my life. That, like, I have a full mental breakdown, but my therapist is, like, (laughs) curious curious about that. I told him that he sent me a weird emoji and it turned me off. And she obviously did not have enough time to unpack that answer. But. (laughs) Well, I always, I have this weird thing, like, where I have to everyone has to like me. So I always feel like a weird, um, like I was successful if my therapist, like if I can tell they like me and are like genuinely interested in my life. So I think you should feel good about that. Cause it's like, weirdly, I know that shouldn't be a therapy goal, but it ends up being my therapy goal. Every time I start with a new therapist. Oh, totally. When she told me that when we found out like that, Joe Biden was going to be the next president. She was like, "You were the one of the first people I thought of," and I almost texted oh. you. Oh my god, I love. And that. I was like, I... "Wow!" I mean, that shows how unhinged I was in regards to the election. <laughs> that she was genuinely like knowing that my mental wow. health was going to improve. But yeah, I feel like we're in a we're in a good like. I think I've got to be one of her favorite patients. I mean, yeah, obviously, you're my favorite patient. For the, yeah, I, free, and, the free therapy I provide you, you're my You do my provide me a lot of coaching. You really do. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what else? Anything interesting? I honestly, like, besides the book and, like, baking, I have nothing this week. It was consumed by work. But I guess that no news sounds like good news. Um, yeah. Well, yesterday I ended up shattering a glass of wine everywhere. So red <laughs> wine went all over my living room. And then this morning, I ended up stepping in a small glass shard. And <gasps> so I've been trying to get it out of my foot all day. It's, like, not that big. It's tiny. But now, like, my mom freaked me out that I'm going to get, like, an infection and die. So I've been a little bit preoccupied with, like, trying. Because I don't even own any tweezers. And I'm, like, how the f- I can't get this out myself. But I also, like, it's, like, a tiny piece. I'm not going to go to freaking urgent care and be, like, can you get this small shard of glass out of me? Well, I'm not trying to turn this into, like, medical advice podcast, but I'm not kidding you. Soak it in warm water. Keep just soaking it. Oh, okay. I um did take a bath for, like, 20 minutes because I was Googling. But yeah, so you, you think should I should just... soak again? Just keep soaking? Okay. I think all day, just, like, even, like, you don't have to, like, you could sit on the ledge of the bath or, like, fill a bowl with warm water and put your foot in it. And I think, like, I've had it happen before, and that, like, slowly expels it out. Okay, okay. That makes me feel so much better. I'm yeah. totally, after we record this, I'm going to go back to soaking yeah. because I was, like, having a minor. You know me. I don't do well with medical stuff. I know. I, I'm like... actually surprised you can talk about it right now without, like, I will. I I almost started crying when I called my mom because she was like, You're, you, there's going to be red streaks, your foot. We're... I was like, oh my mom, God. I can't. No, I was like, I can't handle get an this. Infection. That's what will happen if you get an infection. But just keep soaking it. You'll be fine. Okay. Okay. Um, Thank you. Wait, that makes me feel better. So that's all that happened in my morning. It's just feeling household over here. Wait, the listeners and I thought you were with your parents. Oh, I was. I was with my parents. I was there for about a month. And I did come back to, sh- I like had a bunch of packages oh. and stuff. 
um, that I needed to pick up because I don't have a mail room anymore. They just sit in the hallway of my building. Oh, and sure. so I had ordered like quite a few things and I like guess your my tinctures. first time. Yeah, my t- I did get my tinctures by five good, good. day one of the tinctures. Yeah, um, good. I'm glad so, you flew home to Chicago for the tinctures. Okay, not just that. It was also <laughs> I had been like I haven't been sleeping and I've had to wake up at five AM like for work. Mm-hmm. And I think I was partially like, okay, I think this could be like also adding to my like mental break you know like just yeah, mental sure. breakdown I was like I'm gonna hopefully get some more sleep get my tinctures get my other stuff so yeah I'm in back in Chicago for the near future oh love it good to know especially because I was about to send your Christmas gift to your parents house so that well I'll probably be back there for Christmas oh love it well cool should we get started Yes, we definitely should get started, and we can caveat this by saying this is not a spoiler-free zone. We will be spoiling. So We will be spoiling, but apparently, like, literally everyone in the world has watched this, so I think yeah, will be fine. Yeah, I think everyone's probably watched it. You're totally right. And the show that we're doing is The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Yes. Uh, want to give an yeah. overview? Yeah. I definitely want to. Okay, oh. so this premiered um, November. It's it's pretty new, and it's a seven episode limited series. And it is about our protagonist is Beth Harmon. So she's an orphan. It starts basically um, her mom pretty much. I think kills herself. We, kills yeah. herself and maybe tried to kill her. We mm-hmm. we kind of think that. I mean. We don't have that confirmed, but you can kind of tell that throughout the show, Beth thinks that her mom also tried to kill her, too, when she killed herself. Because she drove a car, like, like basically into a tree, I don't know, on a bridge. It was, anyway, it was a car accident. So the stage is kind of set. It takes place in the 50s and 60s, so it's kind of like a period piece. Um, I guess if you can call the 50s and 60s a period piece. No, yeah, totally. Um, and so it starts in this orphanage that she ends up in and she gets sent there and she's kind of an, she's an older girl for the orphanage. So most people want to adopt like obviously the young like babies or toddlers because they don't have as many memories of their parents, etc. So she's kind of an out, there's not a ton of older girls. She's kind of an outcast. Um, and at this orphanage, they actually like, feed them benzos so the, like the <laughs> kids are basically strung out this whole time um which is pretty wild I didn't research if this was actually a thing like at orphanages or that they did, did. in the 50s and 60s oh okay yeah it was are we thing. saving that for another time or are you gonna oh. go we can go into it now <laughs> no I that was it that's all I got that it, it was a thing and that that really did happen I can't remember it was essentially the precursor to Xanax and they were doing that. And it, it just like it happened in the show, they suddenly stopped. The FDA made everyone stop in like the late or like early 50s. So it did suddenly stop just like that. Wow. Yeah. So basically our protagonist pretty much becomes addicted to these pills. And <laughs> at then, age nine. She's yeah, a little literally girl. at age nine. Yeah. She, I don't think she even fully understands. Like she kind of thinks they're vitamins at first. Yeah. And one of the older girls, Jolene, like, kind of tells her, like, oh, you should save this pill for a night. You should, like, kind of, like, like teaches her the rope. Yeah. Because yeah, they, like, get high. Mm-hmm. And so drugs and then eventually alcohol, like, kind of become a pretty important part of the whole show. Yeah. So anyway, Beth is kind of a strange girl. And she ends up one day, like, washing the erasers, I think. Or she's she's really smart. So she ends up like finishing her math assignment, I think really early. And so her teacher like has to put her to work. So she sends her to the basement and Beth ends up meeting Mr. Scheibel, who is the janitor. Mm -hmm. And she ends up starting to play chess with him. And he quickly realizes that she's a chess prodigy. And so the entire story is basically Beth, this young woman becoming this international chess prodigy 
Yeah, and I think that she is naturally gifted. She's naturally a chess prodigy, but also then I think that really early on her addiction and like um vices become totally intertwined with her chess ability because as a little girl she ends up saving the benzos taking them at night and she doesn't sleep instead while she sort of hallucinates she plays chess in her mind on the ceiling so i think early on chess and addiction becomes anonymous for her exactly and she definitely like thinks she needs to be high to win that kind of comes out later too Mm -hmm. and she does work really hard and so she gets adopted by a family um with kind of a deadbeat dad who ends up leaving them so it's just her and her alcoholic adoptive mom Mm -hmm. and they end up and they don't have a source of money anymore so basically the mom kind of allows her to start competing in all these chess tournaments because they can win money and so that's how they're supporting themselves is by this nine-year-old literally like skipping school yeah (laughs) to go to all these chess tournaments to win like a hundred dollars fifty dollars you know and the that was obviously a lot more money back then. Yeah, I am so curious to hear what you think of her relationship with her adoptive mother. But first, I I just want to know your general thoughts about this show because it's really, like, taken the world by storm. I think it's number one in 92 different countries. So I – this is not a show that I would typically watch, um, but I really liked it. Yeah. I thought the writing was really good. I didn't necessarily, like, resonate with the character, but I thought that maybe because I'm a sucker for a female protagonist, but I love that they wrote her. I mean, she's incredibly successful, smart, but she's also really struggling with some demons, and they didn't put her romantic life at the forefront. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah. Which I think is really rare for a show about a woman. Especially in that time. Yes, exactly. So I think that I really loved. But this was a show that I will say that I could not binge because I find myself, especially when I watch shows, I think about drug and alcohol addiction in particular. I like can't watch them all in a row. I really have to space it out. So I watched this in like a week and a half, which, you know, for me is like five years in molly tv so true yeah that surprised me because you warned me of that and i didn't have that i was able to binge it um i also liked that i loved this show i did it really quickly but i cannot figure out why because like it's i can't figure out why it's good like I do love, you know, I'm a sucker for a 60s period piece. I love the fashion, love the hair, love the decor. In fact, I've been like slowly redecorating my house in mid-century mod. And I also, I don't think you know this about me, but my sweet 16 was a 60s murder mystery. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. So naturally I made myself the go-go dancer character, but, um, okay. So love that. Love what you said about her being, um, it's sort of a really cool portrayal of feminism. And I love that she constantly humiliates men um, and that she doesn't (laughs) ascribe to the norms of like the 60s for women. But part of me, like when they showed the really long chess scenes, I was like, this isn't good. Like, it's not interesting. And yet we're all fascinated by it. Like the chess scenes in reality, I think were way too long, but something about it captivated us all and I wonder yeah like do you think it would have been so successful if we weren't all born in lockdown I don't know I think it and I completely agree that it is definitely a way slower show than I would typically watch I want to say it kind of gives me like foreign tv show vibe yes that's a good point like there are some episodes where not a ton actually happens or it's sort of like mad but it is like I don't think you ever watched mad men but the same thing it's like very slow and it's really just all about character development which I guess in a lot of ways this one is too yeah I think but I, I guess I am surprised that it was so, so successful. Part of me wonders is because it does appeal to men and women. Yes, that's That maybe true. that is a big piece because I know, like, 
it's one of those shows where if you're a girl, you can convince your, you know, boyfriend or husband or whatever to watch it. And they end up getting really into it where a lot of the shows that like you and I like are probably more girl type shows. Well, not only that, my boyfriend apparently stayed up till 1am the first night watching it. Um, oh my god! Yeah. And then this kid at work who was like, I, he's, he's a, he's an odd duck. Um, he, I was telling everyone about the Pistorius documentary one day and like in the middle of a work meeting, he was like, fuck that. You should watch Queen's Gambit. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So he's passionate yeah, about it. So yeah. It does. I think men really do like it maybe even more than women. Yeah. Which again, I kind of find interesting. And it's yeah. also chess is so random. It's And apparently chess board sales have also yes. gone up like crazy Actually, I have and a, everyone's trying to learn. I have chess. A, okay, you an have exact fact? stat for you later about that. Okay. Um, okay. But I also think that, like, chess, for me, has always seemed really boring and dorky. Like, I remember in middle school, the chess club, and they were, like, like really kind of losery yeah, guys. Oh. <laughs> Whoopsie. But I, I get it's weird. No, no. I, I um, literally get it's weird. And I also had an online chess, like, computer game that I used to not only play myself, but I'd play others, and then I would play the computer. That's so funny. I was going to ask you if you've ever played chess, because I never have. I was going to – that was – I literally have, did you play chess? That was my second question. Wow. So great mind. So you did not I've play chess. I've never played it. We had sets growing up, and my brother played it, and I think my dad and my grandpa, but I've never played it. I just used wow. to, like, play with the little men sometimes, like, and do – make yeah. them, like, dating and, like, going to the mall and stuff. I mean, but I don't think I've played chess since, like, fourth or fifth grade, so I wow. doubt I would even fully remember the rules. Um, but I definitely – Yeah. I, I can't remember if I played because this is gonna make me sound so nerdy but we had this tournament and it was like it was like a board game tournament but it was there were multiple schools that competed um and I can't remember I know I have vivid memories of playing Mancala in this tournament because I loved Mancala but I think I also played chess in this tournament well I'll... obviously I wasn't like great but I will want Megan and Carrie can sound off if, <laughs> if I actually got competed in wrong. chess or just Mancala well I will one up you in dorkiness because probably at the same time you were playing in a Mancala chess tournament I was playing at the Aurora Mall in Colorado a Pokemon tournament Ooh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I love, I loved Pokemon. I never played in a tournament though, so you were way cooler than me. Thanks. Well, I didn't even like it that much. I just tried to do it because my brother was into it, and I wanted him to think I was cool. But anyways, um, okay. So here's one other thing that I thought was remarkable about this show: the way that they aged. The actors throughout the show was, I thought, outstanding. The way that they, because she plays her from the age of 13 throughout, and I thought that the way they dressed and made her up and aged her was incredible. I had not thought of that, but that is a great point. And the acting was really good. And the young Beth, too, the yeah. girl who played the young Beth, also did a really great job. Yeah, the acting's great. I thought the costuming and that stuff, like, I never watch a show and think of costuming and makeup and stuff. But in this, I did. And I thought it was outstanding. Yeah, it was kind of a coming-of-age show, mm -hmm. I guess. Because we really are with her from when she's really little to when she she's on her know, own. wins yeah. this international chess tournament on her own. Okay, so what did you think of her relationship with her adoptive mother? I'm dying to know. I have some thoughts about it, and I, I want to know what you think. Yeah, it's so... I don't know. I found it to be a very weird dynamic. Because obviously... Beth was pretty mature for her age because she had gone through a lot of trauma, had lived in this orphanage. So she'd kind of been exposed and she was a drug addict at like age nine. <laughs> so she's, she's seen some shit, shall we say. Mm -hmm. um, and her mom has a very good heart, but definitely we, there's a lot of mental health issues mm -hmm. going on. Her mom's definitely addicted to not only alcohol but also, also tranquilizers. she's taking benzos yeah. yeah she's also doing the tranquilizers which ends so, up lucky for beth because then she still has an access to it 
Exactly. Beth, like, literally starts, like, stealing the pills from her mom. So it was kind of a weird relationship because sometimes you felt like Beth was actually using her mom more than her mom was using her. I'm glad you picked up on that. I was going to say that they both were really, I, I think, using each other. And yet... I do think there was some love there in a strange way. I do think that they felt tender toward each other. And I think it was built on taking advantage of each other. But I think they developed love over the couple years. I agree. I do think at the end of the day, they actually did end up with. And I kind of think it was maybe the only person Beth ever really loved in her life. Because. Yeah. Once her mom died, she kind of fully unraveled. And she had lost in Mexico, so that was also, like, and she had never lost at chess before. And her mom dies, so it is kind of, obviously, a rock-bottom situation. And her mom dies of hepatitis, correct? I think she... Yes. Which I think is a result of the drug and alcohol abuse. Yeah, that's what... That's what it it seems like. But no, I thought that was a really interesting relationship because she gets adopted and it's not like it's smooth sailing from there. No, it re- it's it's really they did a good job of making that a really dynamic complicated relationship. Mhm. Yeah. So I had a question for you. Yeah. Do you think that Beth was a narcissist or did she have any real friendships or relationships that's a good because that was something that I kind of thought about that's a great question I think she was 100% a narcissist I think that perhaps the trauma early on in her life and the lack of like a really close parental relationship made her feel really on her own and so I think she realized from an early age not to count on any on anyone or depend on anyone so I think it was one part a learned behavior and then once she found out she was really good at something like the best at something I think her ego super swelled and I think it paid off but even later in her life um a lot of the male relationships she has which we'll talk about in a bit but um I I actually believe she she can't love them because she there's no one she loves more than herself and no one she respects more than herself Yeah, I completely agree. I think it wasn't till like the last episode, basically, where people kind of show up for her that it maybe kind of sinks in that she actually had a support system and friends. And she really took pretty much everyone for granted throughout the whole show. And they kind of finally show up for her. And I think I mean, that's really the only way that she's able to go to Russia and able to win was because of people like Mr. Scheibel, Jolene, Benny, Hare, you know, all of those people kind of band together in the end and she ends up, you know, achieving her goal. You know, you just made me think of something. We talked about that her relationship with her adoptive mother was her using her. And I, as you were talking, I realized I think every relationship in her life, she sees as, as using the person for what they can give her and, you know, sort of sucking up what they have to offer and then moving on until the end when she realizes that. But I, now that I think of it, like with Jolene, she used her for the knowledge and protection sort of at the orphanage, all the men she used for their ability to help her with chess or to soak her ego when she beat them. I think she, she, I can't blame her, but I think she developed, or even Mr. Scheibel, who we learn at the end, loved her and felt so connected and proud of her even him I think she really um used and didn't realize that it was a deeper relationship till the very end yeah the part broke my I mean so obviously when she goes to the basement and sees all the articles like of her she kind of realizes that he really cared about her but she even goes to Jolene and says, I still owe him ten dollars it's like she was making all this money and she never even thought to pay him back like that or to let him know or or reach out yeah or to let yeah to say hi to say thank you to say here's what I'm up to yeah exactly yeah like that that made me really sad because I mean he literally changed her life for the better yeah he gave her he didn't have that much money ten dollars for him probably was 
a yeah. lot. Yeah, and he gave her a way out of poverty, honestly. Yeah. So, no, I, I think you're really right in the fact that she was a narcissist and really did kind of use yeah. Do you- all of the people in her life, which is so fascinating because I found her to be a very empathetic character. So it was, I don't know, it was interesting. Well, I think she is. I mean, I think that no one can blame her for having that. Clearly, she hasn't been to as much therapy as we have because, like, she, no one can blame her <laughs> for having that perception of people. And you, it totally makes sense. And you realize, like, she's really just a product of her environment. But, you know, there's also, I think that's why she's like a Don Draper type thing. Like, she's a complicated character. She's sort of an anti-hero. Like, there are, you like her, but there are things that are really unlikable about her. Yeah, that's a great, great analysis. Do you have, because obviously she's obsessed with chess. Like, not only, she dreams about it, she plays it. It's the only way she connects with people. It's, uh, she reads about it when she's not playing. Um, this is interesting, a fun fact that I'll spice in here, but all of her clothing is actually chess-inspired. Um, she wears a lot of checkerboard or black and white, and apparently they did that to show like she is all about chess all the time even in the way she dresses herself um so do you have anything that you either are that obsessed with or you think like could become that big of an obsession for you Honestly, my worst nightmare is when people ask me questions about my hobbies or passions <laughs> well, sorry. because I feel like because <laughs> I feel like I should have one, but I honestly don't think there's anything that I think about constantly or like have the drive like she does to like learn everything yeah. about it and spend all of my time. Like maybe watching TV <laughs> is my chest. That's your chest, yeah. You do you research that. it, you dream about it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, I really know. I don't think I have a hobby or something in my life that I'm that intense about. And I don't think I ever, like, I always, like, played sports, but it wasn't, like, you know, I wasn't, like, so into it. Right, right. So maybe I'm still finding my passion, Marissa. Do you have, were you ever like that with dance? Um, no, I hated dancing, but especially by the end, because I did it for 18 years, So by the end, I really hated it. I was so ready to be done, Um, which I actually, I wonder if, like, if this show were to continue, and they even allude to this, like, I wonder if she'll burn out, because she's done all of this by 22. So I think that she probably would burn out, putting that much energy into it, and I definitely burnt out with dance. But I don't think so. Like, there are things I like. I have hobbies, but there's nothing that I feel this obsessive about um, or that could occupy my life in that way and that I could be really happy about it like she's happy that it occupies her life in that way yeah no I agree I have nothing but maybe one day maybe maybe your tinctures maybe you'll become like a tincture competitor yeah I mean I did also buy an essential oil and a carrier oil to use for sleep that my therapist told me about (laughs) so I've now gone like full Chinese medicine, new age person. So yeah, I I might be diversifying. Are your let's just double check. Is your therapist credentials like? Are we sure about (laughs) because she's sounding sort of (laughs) like a not a therapist? (laughs) No, she is. I promise, she is licensed. She has a bunch of acronyms at the end of her name. That checks out. (laughs) Um, And my insurance covers it, and it's it's a legit practice. But she also is like big into Reiki. Yeah. Oh, I love Reiki. And like, anyway, yeah. 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 So, like, anyway, it's like a, she talks a lot about how like you have to balance like East with West. I love that. So, I totally agree. And I've like told her I don't want to like get on full. And she's not even a psychiatrist. So she couldn't even give me like real drugs if she wanted to. Well, that actually, maybe that's what you need, Molly, to find your passion. You might need a tranquilizer prescription. So I'm just like, just think about it. I'm not like pushing drugs on you, but I'm just like saying you might want to consider it. Didn't. Didn't Steve Jobs say that, like, doing mushrooms or acid was, like, what made him think of <laughs> yeah. Apple and it, like, changed his life? I, so, I mean, maybe that's what we've learned from this show is drugs can make you find your passions, kids. Yeah, actually, let's talk – let's take a quick break and then talk about that. 
Okay, we're back. Um, before we do our favorite fuck, Mary kill, what do you think about the show's portrayal of addiction? Because I read a lot of articles that people with a history of addiction were not happy about it. Interesting. So I, oh, it was kind of a mind fuck. Yeah. Because I thought of a lot of shows that I've watched where characters were supposed to be addicts that it actually did portray her like losing out on things at a rock bottom. That's true. Like it did portray that it wasn't like all, you know, because if you look at like Gossip Girl or like those types of shows, it really glamorizes recreational drug yeah. use. Whereas this, I found it, it definitely glamorized it, right? Like, it made it seem cool. Like, you wanted a little pill vial to, like, pop. Well, this was another show. It did glamorize it. This one, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. But yet again, this was one that made cigarette smoking look very cool. Yes. And, like, that they could drink the martini in the real glass on the plane. Yeah, and smoke on the plane, too. That, to me, yeah, and smoke on the plane, I was just like, that is iconic. Like, I am so sad I never will get to, unless I become, you know, like a multimillionaire and can fly private with my own glass martini glasses. I probably will never. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably never And a private dinner and smoking. Yeah, it was, I mean, so I completely agree. I definitely think it glamorized it. But I thought if we're comparing it to a lot of shows I watch where people are supposed to be, you know, alcoholics or drug addicts, I thought at least it showed that, like, she ruined relationships and she, like, you know, like, and it showed that it changed her for the worse and then she tried to get sober and it it wasn't easy. That's a really good point. I And it showed how bad her mother's addiction was. I mean, she died from it. Yeah, to the point where she died. But also, you know, like, I don't have a... I've not been addicted to something, so I'm probably not, like, the best person to talk about it. But I guess I'm surprised that this, of all shows, upset people because I think there's so many shows that do a way, way worse job at portraying. That's a really good point. I guess the, the article I read said that people were unhappy that it tied sort of creativity and talent to drug use because it like talked about like um what's the guy from nirvana that died early um Mm. kurt cobain like no clue it talked about how artists like often uh use drugs and believe they're tied to their talent and have a hard time getting off because their talent is synonymous with it so i think it sort of criticized this for that but I think you're right I mean I also am not an addict so I can't really speak what it portrayed it as personally but I agree with you I think it did a good job of showing that it can really fuck up your life well um okay who would you fuck marry and kill Maul fuck marry kill okay so the killing was the easiest for me I would definitely kill the stepdad who was a piece of shit or her adoptive dad or whatever he was I can't remember his name but we didn't really even talk about his character and he's not even worth no. talking about but basically he ends up abandoning his new adoptive daughter his wife he does let them keep well, the house sort but they've of. been paying yeah. the mortgage and all of a sudden he like comes back and tries to like take this house even though she's been and doesn't like give a shit about his wife di- yeah. dying won't help with the funeral I mean he was just he sucked so I would kill yeah, him great choice um I the my fuck choice is a little it might be a little rogue I don't know if you're gonna judge me but I was weirdly attracted to Benny okay that's he's the like like, yeah I'll pin that for later (laughs) because I will modify what I was planning to say about Benny in that case (laughs) oh no no I don't want you to modify it I want to hear what you have to say but I know it's gonna be embarrassing um but I would marry Towns, yeah. even though he's yeah. gay. He was just so, he was, like, she has a crush on him for, like, background, and we might go into yeah. this later. But he was, like, the Swedish journalist, and he was really good looking, yeah. too. I would also probably marry Towns, and I can really relate to falling in love with someone who's gay and is not interested in you. I've done it more than twice. Um, 
in fact, my first boyfriend was uh, gay and had zero interest in me in reality. Um, so I would marry him. I would kill just to spice it up and be different than you. I would kill um, her real mom, which is kind of fucked up because she, she oh. did kill herself. Um, and then I would marry... Um, what you mean, fuck? Oh, yeah. Thank right? you. Sorry. Yes. Oh, shoot. Okay. So, actually, I would fuck Towns and I would, mar- I would marry okay. um, Mr. Scheibel. Oh, I actually, Mr. Scheibel was a great he was, character. He's really stoic. And that's what I think makes it so special at the end that he cared for her so much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. Good. Okay. Well, here's what I will say. Let's, let's dig into the men. Um, Okay. Here's what I was going to say about Benny. I find him a little strange looking. Um, he's the kid from. Yeah. Love actually. And. Yeah. Well, he's not a kid anymore for the no, record. No, no, no. Although it wouldn't be your first time with a child actor. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. That. <laughs> no, I mean a As former child actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Former. Sorry. Let's look yes. the former Thank in there. It's not trying to Words go to prison. Now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I think he's a little odd looking. Honestly, he's like very skinny. Like very skinny. I know, but you know that's know. my you vibe. You do love a man you can throw over your shoulder. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I feel like I could put him in my pocket. And and again, he's not like normally I'm into like a much like like the suits yeah. and there were a lot of men like that, but for some reason his weird leather like yeah, his all leather <laughs> with jacket with his knife and his like alligator tooth necklace and his hat, like I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just because he was like mysterious and super smart and, and pretty I don't know, nice. But I and was, he had I tried was, to help her. I was picking up what he was putting well, she down. Well, tr- he tried yeah. to help her with her addiction, and she, besides Towns, he was the one she was most interested in too. So obviously, she was picking it up too. Okay, yeah, what about Towns? So I mean, funny. you said we said a little bit, but I at first that Vegas scene where he invites her to her his bedroom I was a little nervous I was like "Uh oh we're gonna get creepy here because she was 17 yeah because yeah. she was so young so I and that's where she thought yep. it was going because you could tell she was like into yep. it she thought because he was taking pictures on the of bed her, which again getting yeah. creepy vibes for sure and then all of a sudden his boyfriend comes in and I think she which was kind of weird because Again, like, it could have been a work trip where, like, you were well, sharing a room with so- – like, I don't know if I would have immediately gone to, like, that. That's actually boyfriend. the thing. I'm not – there. we're actually not positive he is gay. I mean, it's sort of alluded to. I guess that's to, true. But actually – because even at the end, he's like, you didn't let me explain. Like, we're actually not sure. And I, I think that the – the indication is that he's gay, but it's not confirmed. You're right. You're absolutely And even, right. like, because it could actually be, really, that he just still does see her as a kid. Because he sort of coached her at that first t- chess tournament when she was a kid. So that actually might be yeah. part of his explanation. And maybe it was a work trip. Or maybe it was just a friend. Yeah, we don't, you're right, we don't know. And maybe he's, like, the only good guy in the whole show that's not, like, sexualizing Little this, girl, like, yeah. kid yeah. that he knew. It's possible. So, no, but I, we both love Oh, my him, God, when obviously. he winks he at her great. at that first tournament, oh, so cute. Yes, obsessed. So what did you think about, we haven't talked about Harry <laughs> well, at all. should we talk about the BuzzFeed results? Because, Oh, my God, did we Harry? get the same? Me too! Yes. <laughs> Okay, that makes me feel oh better because at first I was, like, really sad that I got Harry Beltic. But it makes me yeah, feel okay, better Yeah, okay, so we got the same. Did. I was also yeah. Harry. So apparently we're twins. Yeah, apparently we're self-important but have a good <laughs> heart, which I kind of think checks out for Yeah, <laughs> I think that totally checks out. Although I wouldn't necessarily describe Harry as self-important. So that was kind of what was confusing to I me. I think he appears self-important in the beginning, but then he actually – it turns out I don't yeah I think by the end you're like whoa he's not at all like he's the only one who's sort of moved on and realized that chess is not the end-all be-all of life yeah 
but he basically is like this competitor of hers he was like the, first yeah kind of the guy to be and then she ends up beating him and then he ends up moving into her house because he really likes end up her. like kind of sleeping together but yeah you can tell he like wants to be with her and she's obviously just like using yep. him for sex and for chest yeah. help and he really i mean he is concerned about her and wants her to get clean and really cares about her i think he's a good dude at first at that first chess tournament he sucked but then he's really likable at the end yeah i agree i agree. um yeah so uh what did you think about when she was beaten in paris and then like goes home and hits rock bottom I mean, I guess it's so hard to know what that's like because she had literally, like, I guess she had only, like, ever yeah, tied and she built before. herself up for so, that match especially. Yeah, and she really – and I think also, like we talked about, she was a yeah. narcissist. So it losing – I mean, that probably felt like her entire identity was stripped away. Yeah, I'm not away. sure she really she would be beat. I think maybe she didn't think she could. Yeah, I, I think you're totally right. And I think it was one of those things where she was like kind of kept pushing herself to the limits, like with drugs and alcohol to just like feel something or feel different again. Like she just didn't know what yeah. to do. But I am glad that she lost at least once. It made because it, it just, more real. In my opinion, yeah. would have not been. Yeah, completely agree. It would have not been realistic if she would have just won every single no. match. Like. I just I don't know any athlete or not that chess is like a, a sport, but you know yeah. what I mean, like a competitor that has never lost, right? That just doesn't seem like it's ever happened. No. And like in terms of the ending, I thought it was so cute that everyone came together to help her win. Um, her her win in Russia was so cute that she finally beat everyone. Um, her last outfit, oh my god, obsessed that all oh. the white. Uh, I was gonna ask you what your favorite outfit oh. was. That's mine. Yeah, that's so. mine too. Although there were so many I loved, but that's mine. I would love to like walk around with like a matching cashmere white coat and white hat and white gloves, but I also know who I am and like I can't really be trusted to wear white. Oh, same. I mean, as you can tell from my uh, sheepskin rug that I spilled. Well, apparently I spilled a lot of red wine <laughs> that I spilled an entire glass of red wine on. And now it looks like a bloody sheepskin yeah. rug. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's just not feasible for me. But in my dreams, I would be. Yeah. And same as Olivia yes. Pope wears a lot of, like, really iconic white coats. I know. I don't know how she does it. It doesn't seem, again, not seeming realistic for the life no. I live, but good for but the I people wish. that can. I would love to wear that outfit. Um, and I also did try cat eye makeup after I saw it. Like, I think it was supposed to inspire people to play chess, but instead it inspired me to inspire you to yeah. style. I don't know that the look, I don't know I can if I can pull it off, but I just love that look. See, I think you can. I think you over me definitely can. No. Because you like sometimes go for the yeah. retro vibe, like in your look. I Thank mean that you. in a good way. I know yeah. that you like probably try. Yeah, so. I mean, maybe. We'll see. I think that the problem is like you got to wait until you're like starting a new job to start that look because I think like just coming randomly one day to work and like suddenly having cat eyes is like, oh, it's a statement. And I'm not sure it's like a statement that makes sense for me at this juncture in my life. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay. Well, anything. Well, do you have any interesting facts about yeah, the show? Yeah, I do. Okay. So, a record 62 million households watched it in its first month. This was one of um, Netflix's most popular shows ever. It has become a cultural phenomenon and sparked tons of sales of chessboards. And actually, in the first three weeks since its debut, Sales of chess sets went up 87% in the U.S. And sales about sales wow. of books about chess increased 600%. Um, and before this year, sales of chess sets had either remained flat or declined. Um, 
Wow, that's yeah. wild. The power yeah, of television. Yeah, truly. That's why I think, like, people think TV's frivolous, but I don't know, man. I mean, we obviously don't think that. Um, also, it's yeah. based off of a 1983 book by Walter Tevis. It was originally supposed to be a movie, but then they changed it to a limited series. The main actress, oh. she's only 24, and she signed on without even seeing a script. Um, and I think she's a breakout star. I think we'll see a lot of her going forward. Yeah, in the uh, celebrity like gossip forums that I'm on, they've been asking like for polls of who people think are kind of going to be like the next it mm. type stars, and her name has been coming up. In yeah, that I, I also think like when award season comes, I think this show will will kill it. Yeah. This show will do really well. I completely um, agree. Also, Benny Watts is based off of Bobby Fish, who is a famous chess player. And I actually do know that name primarily because have you seen that Saturday Night Live skit where the cheerleaders are like, Bobby Fisher, where is he? I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't think I've seen like one episode of Saturday Night Live. Wow, to be perfectly that is honest. shocking. Um, I'm not a late night yeah, show girl. That's reasonable. Not my thing. Well, also, moving on, um, the chess matches were really played. Even the speed chess, the actors really, really did do them. Um, and they really were, like, designed and choreographed to, to be winning games. I know, because oh, you sort of wonder cool. if they're just, like, moving pieces around. Yeah. No, I like that it's, like, yeah. actually real moves. Even the speed making. rounds, cool. which would be sort of tricky. Yeah, because some of those when she's playing like ten people at once so fast, yeah. that was nuts. What um, do you have any other celebrity gossip? Yeah, so some of the gossip that I found. Well, once we talked about how the actor that played Benny was the kid and loved actually, but did you know that the actor that played Harry played Dudley or in um, okay, Harry Potter? Okay, so I don't know if we've uncovered this on You're... the podcast yet, but did you know I've never seen or read a Harry Potter? yeah and I think we've talked about this and I've like basically said yeah. that I don't want to be your friend anymore and then I forget that tends about to be it. the reaction I receive um, and now it's become like a claim to fame for me so I like refuse to watch because it's like my party trick it's the only thing interesting about me I mean <laughs> no but the thing is is you're missing out honestly on so much good I could spend the last 10 minutes of this <laughs> podcast going on a rant why it, the book's changed my life they did I, I mean I'll consider it but okay, anyway so okay he was also a child star are you also a tra- so he okay. was also a child star so are you attracted no, to I'm him as well because you tend to be <laughs> no no okay. I was not um <laughs> but I I just found that out in my research today I couldn't put a finger on why he looked mm. familiar until I was I am DBing him um, so basically I was just curious about our girl Anya yeah. Taylor Joy, who is the actress who plays Beth. Um, so she, apparently she won't watch mm. herself. So she won't watch any movies or TV show. Like, so she won't watch this show. She also has been in interviews saying that she doesn't think that she's attractive. Mm. Um, and her first language is Spanish. She's I did Argentinian. know that. She's Argentinian yeah, I did British. See that. Um, which I thought was very I guess kind of random um and then she's also pretty secretive about her love life like she's been rumored to date like I think some Irish actor Mm. that I had never heard of but it was hard to put a finger on like what she's actually up to you know I can actually relate to her not wanting to watch herself if I didn't have to edit this podcast I would never listen to us talk like I would I do not want to hear my voice I, I go back and forth. Like, I'll go on a spree where I'll listen to a few episodes and then it makes, like, me cringe. And so then yeah. I have to not. Um, so I go I go back and forth. So I do yeah, I do understand you. that. Um, well, that's interesting. How do you think, like, I think it's a limited series. I don't really think we'll see a season two. Although we do know that Netflix loves a cash cow and that this performs so well that they might not be able to resist a second season. I know so that's what I was thinking so now I'm not gonna remember the show name but we both loved season one and then 
they did it was supposed to be a limited series why can't I friggin think Mm. of this about the one where like they the woman like killed someone but doesn't remember why it wasn't originally on Netflix it was originally like a um, network show the yes I know exactly what you're talking about it was with Jessica Why can't I Biel, think of his name? But anyway. One. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. God. Okay, this is really annoying. The but I can't think of But the I feel sinner. like it's like that, where that was, yes, The Sinner. Okay, so The Sinner was yes. supposed to just be the limited series, the one season, but obviously it did. And I get that that's a network versus Netflix, yeah. but it's all the same, right? If it makes a ton of money, they're going to figure out a way how to make more money yes, of off course. of it. Right? So I would not be surprised if, they do a spinoff somehow right like maybe they take a different character you know maybe they do a whole season from like Benny's point of view I don't know what they would do or from the mom's point of view or whatever but I could I could see them I mean they're not just gonna let this go yeah it's just there's too much money to be made I would think but again we don't get paid the we should be executives in Hollywood I could do a lot I mean we've already talked about we could be pumping Hallmark movies out I mean they already do them pretty quick but we could do them even faster we could we could could script them them, act them film them in about 12 minutes yeah (laughs) and they would be great like we and this year I feel like a lot of them they've tried to get too deep like they They've had two. I don't know. I've been kind of disappointed with the Netflix and like Hulu original movies, and then I just haven't watched a Hallmark one that I've like loved this yeah, year. Yeah, I, I don't tried know to watch Lifetime on. and Hallmark ones, and I couldn't get into it. But um, did you watch the new Hulu one with Dan Levy? Yeah, I did. I thought it I was watched good. it last night. Oh, really? I didn't love it. I mean, I didn't love it, but I thought it I don't was know. good. I thought, I mean, high time for uh, a movie to center around LGBTQ characters. No, I completely agree. So I loved that part. But I don't know. Again, it's like when I'm watching a Christmas movie, Drama. I don't like, yeah. like there to be yeah. any struggle. Like it was just. Yeah, it was a, it had a little <laughs> bit too much substance for what I typically That's look reasonable. for in a Christmas movie. Um, but it was definitely worth yeah, watching good. if you haven't seen. If um, you haven't watched it. Okay, one last question for you: If there were to be a season two, or like in your mind's eye, where does Beth go next? Like, what happens to her? Because we end with her; she just beat um, her final match in Russia. She's the world champion now. And she ends up playing with these old men in the park. And I think that that was supposed to signify like achievement and peace, but I don't think that that lasts long for her. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think it could be kind of cool to send her to college and get just cause I like her character. I think her character's yeah. interesting. No idea if there's competitive chess in the U.S. or if they even keep it, like, around chess. But I think sending her to college and kind of getting, like, a normal type series out of it could be an interesting take. Um, Because I just don't think we can do another full season on her playing more chess just as an I wouldn't think, but I... I in reality, like, if this were a real story, I think she she milks it for everything she can. She becomes a wash-up. She burns out on it. She probably goes deeper into addiction and has bouts of rehab. Like, if that were real, I feel like that would be what the real story is. You're probably right. And and that, I guess, could be yeah. interesting television, too. So I uh, but I, I kind of don't either. want there to be a season two because yeah, I think they're totally going to fuck will. it up. So I kind of just want it to be the seven episodes that were great. I would love to watch I her agree. in something else. Um, I guess she's in Peaky Blinders, I but I never watched um, that. Well, I totally agree with you. I hope it's one and done, and I'm ready to move on and watch this actress and other stuff. Yes. Love definitely. it. Well, anything else to say about the show? <sighs> Nothing else for me. I am glad we did this one because I really loved it. If 
people haven't watched it and made it to the end, um, <laughs> you should still watch it. We actually didn't cover no, like yeah, a good chunk, a chunk of what ha- I mean discovered. There's a lot yes. more that happened. So yeah, still still watch it, even if you heard us spoil kind That's of That's right. Well, shit. next week is our Christmas special. So um, we'll keep it a secret of what show we're doing because we don't even know yet. <laughs> it's a secret to us. Yeah, we don't even know. So but it's a it will be us, Christmas so. themed. Um, and we we love you guys. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on all social medias. And leave us a review yes, on please. iTunes if you thanks. have it. Exciting news. Broads Who Binge is now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So pick your favorite platform. And if you're enjoying this, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe.